Hang on. What? All right. Let me check. And what is up? We are we are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another epic Pin the Gas podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Show Simcoe, and my man, Cool Jules. He just came in. Let's add him onto the stage. What is up, Jules? Oh, Looking good? beautiful in that oh, Levi Batty shirt. Anyway, I just want to give a huge shout out real quick to Mark Sherman and all the CFE boys down there at Moto America and everybody else. Uh, you guys at the end will we'll get a special shout out to everybody too, as well as Mark. But uh, yeah, today I'm excited for our special guest, Jamie Hollis. What is up, man? Hello, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on my podcast, guys. I appreciate it. I'm quite, quite looking forward to it. You know, it should be good. It should be good. It's going to be amazing, man. It's an honor to have you on here. So real quick, for uh, me and Jamie actually met at Cabell Park and the BSB round a couple weeks ago through our mutual good mate, Dave Neal. So big shout out to the real deal Dave Neal that we had on the podcast. And yeah, so you guys go check out his. It's called Off Track. He does everything BSB. And uh, so yeah, Jamie, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into uh, photography and videography and and how you combine that into our uh motorcycle world that we love so much definitely let's roll with it let's roll with it so my name is jamie for start all my life i've been surrounded by motorcycle racing i don't know i live a breather i've been coming to bridge two bikes pretty much all my life since you know since i was a little kid and my dad like god my dad loves motorcycle racing he's always he's always watching it all weekend friday to sunday you know watching every session he'll have world two bikes on one screen motor gp up on the other screen and Nah, so he, he introduced me into the paddock, really, when I was very young. When I was very young, I went to Donington Park, I remember. That was my first my first round of British Tube Bikes. And from that moment, I just I just fell in love with it. I love the sport. And a huge part which I loved about, you know, the sport was that I could get involved with it. I could speak to riders, you know, I could... I could speak to a rider before a session. I could go and watch him, you know, go down Coney Curves at God knows what speeds. Um, and I just, I just fell in love with it, really. Um, so I just kept going to races. And uh, I'd go to a few club races, a few pursuit bike races. Um, and then one day I decided to pull my sister's camera and take it down with me. I saw these guys, you know, with these massive cameras. These massive cameras worth thousands of pounds and, I thought, you know, I want to be like them. I want to feel involved with it. So I took my my sister's little camera, my sister's little DSLR camera down and uh, took a few photos and I sent them to a few riders, just said, oh, like, here you go. You can have it free kind of thing. And they weren't good photos. Like, not many of them were in focus on that. But, you know, the riders messaged me back. They, like, they appreciated They said, thank you very much and stuff. And a few of them said, like, oh, if you're ever, ever racing again, Get in touch. Are we still on? My Wi-Fi is not the best today, I will admit. Here, Jamie, we call it Taco Bell Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's a fast Honestly. food chain, so, so the Wi-Fi sucks, right? Uh, we got yeah. that from Juju made fun of me because one time we were podcasting and my Wi-Fi just shit to bed, bro, and just cut me completely off. I couldn't log back in. I had to pull out my cell phone to actually finish the podcast with Jules. I was like, oh, my God, I'm back. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, to be honest, yeah. you're, you're lucky that I'm still here kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just keeping all my fingers crossed by the, the Wi-Fi stays, stays put. But, yeah, yeah, back to the story. So, um, I just, I don't know. I, I made friends in my paddock. I made a few friends. I found it tough um, to actually get 
get close with people as you know i was sending photos to riders and just messaging riders on social media but speaking to them in real life you know it's a whole different ball game and to me i wasn't the most confident kid growing up so it took a lot of confidence a lot of balls so you know can i come out my shower and go up to riders and speak to them and kind of thing but i was lucky because i there's a few there's a few guys a few really nice guys in my paddock who i started working with at the start and i started doing a few videos for them and you know i got close with a few riders you know and it's getting good mates with a few um so that's really when I started the whole job I'm doing now because I went to my riders a few years ago and I said hey like I've done a bit of photography I've done a bit of videography but what do you actually want what do you want as a rider what you know there's always photographers videographers track side what do you need on the media side and they said like oh I get all this content I get, you know, I get so many photos per round, but I don't really know how to use my best kind of thing. I don't really know how to market myself in the best way. So, you know, I learned, I spent the winter, you know, kind of researching into social media and stuff. And then last year, I I started doing the social media side of the job. So I started, you know, representing people PR-wise on social platforms, you know, managing people's Facebook pages, Instagrams, helping out a few teams kind of thing. And that's my main role in the paddock now. So this season, just coming up to the end of the British Superbike season, um, I'm currently only working with British Superbikes paddock, but I am managing a few teams' platforms and working closely with a few, few good riders, a few very nice riders. So I feel pretty blessed in the sense that, you know, this year, to be honest, has been, has been a dream for me. I've always dreamt of, you know, going to every round from Thursday pretty much to, to Sunday evening kind of thing. So, you know, it's, what I can't can I say? say I'm not jelly. Cause I'd love to be able to do that, man. So why don't you go on and give a shout out to the riders you, you actually work with in photography this year? Definitely. Definitely. Let's do it. So on the riders, um, I'm very, I'm very proud to want to see some riders well work for and built connections that we um, so going down to the junior super stock, I've got a few few strong riders. So for start, we've got Asher Durham. Asher Durham riding for GNS Racing. Uh, he's a he's a fast lad. He's a second third in the championship now. He's off the championship by I think around thirty points. So it's looking tasty coming to the last round. And then the other the other guy I got who's also on a Kawasaki in that class is Cameron Dawson. He he won. He had the most incredible ride last time out at Alton Park, and he's fourth in the championship. Uh, he's only a few points behind Asher, so. That class is looking pretty incredible. Looking pretty excited for the last few races. Um, and then jumping up into Super Sport, you know, Riso and how can we miss how can we miss that kid? You know, you can't forget about him. He's smiling all the time. You know, he's, he's always talking. You always see his interviews and that. He's uh, unfortunately he had a few problems at, at Alton, but he's sitting third in the championship. He's had a maybe a year in Super Sport, but that's been pretty incredible. And then. Also in Super Sport, I've got Jamie Mansikaris, the Dutch lad, the flying Dutchman. Really, you know, one of the nicest guys you'll meet in the paddock. He's a really good guy and his, his, uh, his family and he's got his dad all the rounds and stuff. And his team's, his team's really nice. So there's some of the, some of the few fast lads. I and mean, obviously I've got with uh, my main project this year is with Affinity. Affinity Sports Academy run by Leon Haslam and his family kind of thing. And that's been a really special project of mine this year kind of thing. It's been, honestly, I've loved it. Some of the kids in that in that class, uh, they've got so much talent, but they've got so much when they take their helmet off, they've got so much 
personality which I can feed off of and you know make posts about and do interviews kind of thing and it's it's so exciting to work with some with some young lads who have got the belief you know and the determination to you know send it you know and see how far they can go this year so it's been it's been an amazing year we've had a few of a few of the riders here now have helped out but that's the main core that was a lot that was a lot yeah so so you've been around huh oh there goes my mic yeah oh, dang it. I, I, the... <laughs> I don't know what was happening yeah because I, I, was, I wasn't gonna record my audio through the shitty freaking phone phone one you know what i'm saying so you get all the best parts of my voice <laughs> but anywho damn man so you've been around bro you've been yeah we've been grinding out this year yeah man season turkey bro uh on our end um you, you may be familiar with him maybe not but uh gray fam would be like our yeah, american definitely. version of you yeah now gray fam has like a specific like a specific sort of shooting technique so i i like to do a lot of videos as well so i have my own personal youtube channel um I, I just got a Lumix G7. Uh, it's nowhere yeah. near what you guys have with your Bazooka Canon cameras, yeah. but Grayfam has a specific shooting style that I really enjoy. Uh, it's it's very cinematic, slow motion, uh, very dark, um, mm. darkly graded. What would what would you say like would be like your kind of shooting techniques? So like what what makes you different from like uh, other people who film motorcycle racing? Yeah, definitely. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I think when you think of like, I don't know, techniques or the, the way you shoot it or something, you know, all these people have a different styles and stuff, but my whole style is completely different. You know, motorcycles are going around to try. Everyone's taking videos and photos of bikes. We all love bikes. That's what we love. But me, I like to go in the paddock. I like to film and take pics of, you know, the guys without their helmet off. You know, when they're talking to the camera, when they're talking to their uh, crew, sorry, you know, I think my whole thing which I wanted to bring into the paddock is to actually be able to market these riders. Because if I'm a potential sponsor, you know, I'm sat at home looking on social media, all these guys look the same to me. Yeah. Looking at British yeah. Bikes as a whole, you know, how many Kawasaki's are there? Green Kawasaki's are there out there? Right. They look pretty similar, yeah. you know? So I'm just trying to show people show how we're different like promote their personality like look at Risa and this year you know he came into the season like obviously a lot of people knew about him he's a fast lad he's had a few few steady years kind of thing but this year he went he went off and you know I think it's been successful in the sense that everyone knows this kid as being smiley and being this little blonde Irish boy who loves to talk mm -hmm. to everyone and is always wearing a smile and I think that's core of my job kind of thing make mm -hmm. people recognizable and make them stand out to the audience so that's that's my style i'd like to say i think i think that's great too because this past weekend in moto america i mean chris chris knows knows everybody's face but to me when i look at people's instagrams or i look at their facebooks they all have like their helmet on and they're like leaning 45 degrees on the bike and i'm just sitting here they're coming up to me and they're introducing themselves at like, like, hey, it's so nice to see you. And I'm like, hey, nice to see you too, uh, dude. Shit, man, what's up? So, like, I guess your take on motorcycle racing coverage is hella important because then we can put a face to these characters and we can put the characters to the bike and the bike to the team. And then, you know, it helps us follow them a lot easier. 
Yeah, I think what you're doing is amazing because it's a different aspect and a different view uh, that nobody else is doing. Right. You then then it's like me when I get on personal questions away with motorcycle riders away from motorcycles. Right. You show that that away off the bike talking to the engineers and the crew chief. But it also brings their own. It's a different emotion talking to them, especially when things ain't going right versus when it is. And you, you capture you capture the essence of the energy and what they're feeling, what the crew chief is almost kind of thinking, right? It's it's uh it's amazing what you do, and I love it. And you know, you know what? I think there's always in all of my say marketing yourself, especially in the sports industry, there's always this thing where you gotta just post when you're at your highest, when you're winning, when you're doing well. And although the picture of you holding, you know, a first place trophy, that's gonna get a lot of likes. I think it's important to show the lows, show when you're struggling. You know, show when you've had problems because I think in any story, if I'm if I'm a fan, if someone's just winning all the time and just yeah, I'm gonna be a fan of them, but I want to see them when they're at the lowest, when they're struggling. You know, when they when they're literally like I don't know, like say say with Reese Owen last weekend, his first in his first race, he's going for the championship at this point. He's still still pretty close to Ben Curry. First race he got taken out, and the second race he got. Uh, black flag due to a technical problem but I didn't want to I didn't want him or his socials to you know shy away then I didn't want them you know to just not be to not post that much I wanted to I wanted to get his thoughts how he was feeling and show the audience that you know because this kid he was distraught you know after he after he crashed he was like he was fuming he was kicking his bike you know he was angry but then say in that evening he was like oh right I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on tomorrow's race you know, forget that. I wanted to show show people his his attitude kind of thing. So I think that's vital, really, in in the sport and marketing in general. Absolutely. Was was there ever a time where you tried to capture the essence of someone's emotions and they're like, "Bro, get out of here"? <laughs> I think I think it's a that's the thing which I've learned over time because the weird thing about the paddock is everyone has their little space. Yeah, everyone has their little their little pit box kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you're going into their space, you know. And in that space, they only have the team every, like, you know, in the, in every session kind of thing. They only have the team in there. So when you go in there and say it's not going quite quite so well, you know, people might frown upon you, get annoyed at you um, kind of thing. But I've not really had too many instances. I've had a few, I've had a few people which have been like, oh, could we just hold off for a minute? Maybe like, I'll reply to you tomorrow or something. Not feeling too good. But, you know, I think... Mm-hmm in the paddock kind of thing, uh, I've been quite lucky in the, the people I've worked for, even if it is going wrong, they want to speak about why it's going wrong. And they've understood that me, I've been a voice for them to their sponsors. So if, it, if they've crashed in a race or had a technical problem, they can use me to, you know, to voice their opinion and say the story of the race kind of thing to all their sponsors. So I think they understand the importance of my role kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, luckily with me and my nosy ass, I've never got kicked out of anywhere. Uh, my friends have been kicked out because I told them to not wander, even though it's open paddock access, to not wander around. I'm talking about you, Anthony, wandering <laughs> into the Squid Hunters lounge. But uh, yeah, you know, there, there, there is a time where it's just like, you know, you sort of you're just kind of in the moment and and, you know, you, it's not a time to film right now. Um, mm, one of those times was... Uh, was like when, when I met Johan Zarco and he started singing to me. 
and I could have easily just whipped out my camera and just like recorded it. But you know, I figured, you know what? Let me not, let me not do that. Let me just enjoy the moment right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, but what I'm, a memory I'm, that was. So, Jules, real was, quick, what what song did he sing to you, brother? He was singing to me Jack Miller's wedding song. Oh, nice. <laughs> he sang Jack. He serenaded me, Jamie. That's incredible. Me. That is it right. Was, it, it was fantastic. Well, what do you think would be like a standout thing any writer has ever yeah. done for you? Oh, let me just tell you this little little story first. Mm -hmm. So I've been I've been wacky shoes, these big wacky. They look kind of like uh, like rock climbing shoes kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I was at um, Aston Motor GP this year, and Zarko was just like walking along. There was loads of journalists around him trying to ask questions and stuff. And he just had his head down. And he, he stopped and he just like looked at my shoes, he pointed at them and he said that, like, I don't know, he said that, like, oh, very nice. He was speaking to his like, his assistant about that. And like, I don't know, that was the weirdest <laughs> moment. I, I don't know, I couldn't have imagined going to this weekend and you're in Zarka saying I've got nice shoes. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I don't know. I've had some weird, some weird meeting, like meetups with riders, but... What was the question? Wackiest meetup? Like no, like 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 the coolest thing like any writer has done in front of you or to you. Oh, okay. So I was actually speaking to Chris <laughs> about this. Um Nikki Hayden. Hey. So, I think like I don't know, in my opinion, I I got into motorbikes a year or two too late when Nikki wasn't when Nikki like missed I missed his prime basically. That's what I'm trying to say. But for for him, I've always been a big fan of him because he's always been accessible in the paddock. He's always been around. He's always been, you know, I you can see even if you've never actually seen him in like person, he was always, you know, with the fans taking photos. You know, he was always, you know, showing his love for his fans really. And Absolutely. I met him a few times, and then I was my my dad's one of my dad's friends is. An amazing artist just a super random story and mm. he did a few paintings a few motorcycle racing paintings um behind bears where we're we looking bears um so that one is mark marquez going with flip-flop of aston with his helmet and then over there so it's backward we've got marquez and rossi up there and i've got a big one of marquez here but cut to chase so there's a charity at silverstone Road gp and they auction all this signed stuff off. So we donated this painting um, to the auction. And then I spoke to Nikki behind stage and he said, like, I don't know, it was I think I was a bit of a, a crazy fan at this point. And you know, I'm still a crazy fan to this day of of, of Nikki. And and he said, you know, I was a really young lad, and it's always been my birthday on MotoGP weekend at Silverstone. <laughs> and he said, I don't know how we found out, but he said, Hey, I've got a present for you. And then his assistant got to me out of a bag and he got a knee slider out for me. And sure. that, and he signed it. And that was one of my, honestly, favorite moments of meeting a rider, anything in a motorcycle racing paddock. And oh, I, where I don't is know, it, I man? Just, yeah. I, just, I just remember that, remember that moment. Like, where is it? Where, yo, yeah, bring it. Yo. Yeah. What a bring birthday. Them, bring them the jewels, right? Meet Nikki Hayden and be like, hold up, I got a birthday present for you. <laughs> Exactly like that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. in case too, the legend, the ma that that's why I got to do the Matthew Skoltz's freaking knee slider. Jamie, that's incredible, absolutely incredible. Fire. Our mega, as I always say, as mega, I love, mate. 
I love this picture of, of me in the middle of the MotoGP paddock. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, flying the American With flag. The flag. Yeah. You ever, you ever get offered to shoot here in America? I'd love to. I've never, I've never been offered to. Yeah, I would have. Motor America, step for, up. Back in the day, I did stuff for Brandon. I did a few vlogs for him when he was at BSB on the Triumph. And I was, you know, I was watching, I was watching events like Daytona. Oh, I watched, I was obsessed about Daytona, you know, and how he, he won it a few times and stuff. And I was thinking like, God, I would love to get over there. But hopefully at one point and I'll be able to get over and, and watch a racing and, you know, maybe yeah, I'll be absolutely. looking to do some content and stuff. But better, better get that passport pattern. ready. Get, yeah, get it ready. Get now, that passport ready. I'll son. meet you down there, dude, and we'll do it together. Yeah, we'll have a yeah, great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do Daytona a lot of people, this year. and and yeah, yeah, that'd be have, amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for that. I got to save up some money. I have so many places to go this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way where too many. To go, then? It, it, it's not where I want to go. It's where I have to go. So I, there's two weddings that I got to go to. Uh, within the span of three months, I got MotoGP in Austin that I really want to do, and I really want to do Daytona too. So that's four different places that I gotta go, and I'm just like, yeah, man, my wallet's gonna be <laughs> yoinked. <laughs> yeah, but it's all for the love, right? I'm actually going to. Uh, I'm gonna try to make Daytona, uh, but I gotta take my wife somewhere next year, just me and her on a cruise or wherever she wants to go, because everybody go. knows where I've been this year. Right? I've been all over, but uh, I am gonna make Atlanta next year for sure. 100% out there in Georgia. Never been there. I got a buddy that lives oh, about Road 30 America. minutes away. Yeah, Road America. So, and, and get to hang out with all the all the Moto America boys again. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I'd love to, yeah. I don't know. I want to, I'd love to like experience some different paddocks around the world. Like, I've been, I've been lucky enough to experience some different MotoGP paddocks. And, you know, that's like a traveling circus, you know, that's the same yeah. everywhere. But it'd be cool to experience, I don't know, like in America. I know it's a completely different situation. Everyone's intense, aren't they? And yeah. you can you can Multiple access parts. pretty much everyone. Anybody, everyone's yep. like absolutely. Yep. You don't have to have a special pit pass like MotoGP or any other places. Yeah, that's, people walking around half naked, like you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's but that's what makes Moto America unique from any other race organization. Mm. Is exclusively that, right? And Jamie, dude, you ever come on down, man? You always got a free place to stay here, and I'm about ten hours away from Florida. We could drive, fly, or whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it work. And Jules, Jules is in New York, so he's about. Six hours away from me, so yeah, yeah, we'll have fun. America's kind of like so. But the start of this year, I was traveling around Australia, and I was living in Sydney for a few months. And when I was living in Sydney, they had a few, um, a few, they had ASBK Australian Superbikes um, testing, and I went there and I went to a few, a few different races there and stuff, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, I was like. Basically, I, I wanted to go and live in Australia, but I was thinking, oh, this is a cool championship, you know, with some cool guys here. And and then I realized, drive to each round, you have to fly. Yep. You know, it's not like with me, all, all the rounds for me in England are in a few, within a few hours. And I've never appreciated that until I went to Australia and it was like, oh yeah, the next round, like a few hour flight away kind of thing. Yep. That'd be nuts. That's well, Australia. here too. Well, I mean, here you could, you can, you know, you could drive. I mean, the max you'd probably drive is probably three days. 
and that's from like New York, from all the way where I am to California. Yeah, right, Jamie, three days, you know man. I mean? that's, did you well, drive all the way up to England and halfway back in three days, or maybe even do it once? Yeah. So oh, the, yeah. The, the flight, the flight from New York to California for me was like four and a half hours, right? Um, the closest Moto America round to me is probably like, oh, it, oh, it was Jersey actually. It was it was like three hours and some change. That's the closest Moto America round for me. And then me, Austin is I'll a go. three hour flight, Coda, Dakota. Yeah. Me was VIR, but yeah, sorry, but me it was VIR. It was only an hour and 30 minutes away, but we don't race there anymore. Boo, Moto Man. Shut that shit down. <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? This yeah. Is, so, so we have, up in, we have one race in Scotland, not kill each year. And some riders, because it's, it's quite expensive to go all the way there, you know, there's a lot, a bit of time off work for families and stuff. Not all the riders, you know, the smaller classes, the kids will go there. So in Moto America, will pretty much all the riders, no matter, say, for like the young kids, and that, will they go to every round kind of thing consistently or are there mm-hmm. some who just do a few? Yeah, so some of the smaller teams would do just, just a few rounds. And um, yeah. like, like, for example, our biggest turnout for racers was was awesome with Circuit of the Americas because Texas – it's a huge state, so there's a lot of people that have bikes, a lot of people that want to race. So that grid is packed. But then you go to somewhere like um, uh, what what was what was one with like very small, like Pennsylvania, for example, which is about mm. four and a half hours for me. Not a lot of people went to that one. Not, not a lot of people raced in that one. But then you had New Jersey, which was the last event of the season. Almost everybody and their mother was there. So like you know yeah. it. It, it varies, you know. It saying? is. It, it, it's harder for, for the smaller teams, Jamie, that don't have a lot of funding, especially if they live mm-hmm. out in Texas and Colorado to come two and a half days, three days, right, J- just to go to an event when each event's probably, let's just say, $5,000 a round, even for the smaller teams. That's a lot of money, man, five grand a round, right? And then that don't include the travel, the gas, the food, if they sleep in the, you know, camp out or whatever it is. It's it's a lot of money, so uh, – uh, I see that most of them, if they're in California, there's a lot of Moto America rounds out that way. They might venture oh, out yeah. west to like Wisconsin, right, and do that. But as far as like, it, most of them try to make Daytona, right? Because but they don't race Junior Cup at Daytona. Um, but everybody tries to make because that's what starts our season is is one of the biggest races of the year. You know, is Daytona like the two hundred? Like yeah, slam. You know, what big I mean? shit out to Posh, man, dude, winning that bad boy twice. Oh, Jakey Wiki Vanilla Shaky. Yeah, yeah, Jake, hey, man. man. What's Yo. up, Jake? Yo. Jake's awesome. And Aaron Colt, Lilly. Bro. Yep. Big shit yeah. out to Aaron. Thanks, Jake. I, dude, I'm a big supporter of Jake. Me, me and Jamie's already talked about this. Him and his dad, Pete, man. And real quick, dude, dude. thank you guys so much. And Martin from from, from the Clothing Kings uh, for you know putting our stickers on, on your bikes and t-shirts and hats, man. It's uh it's uh I was truly emotioned. Um and, and I it was uh, it was very emotioned. So thank you guys so much. It means the world to me. It really does that we're over here in BSB, man. And oh man, I just I don't know what to say, Jamie. It's crazy. Yeah, Chris is like a, a human golden retriever when it comes to that kind of stuff, man. He's just everywhere and anywhere. And but that, that that's wild, also yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's wild. I mean, you've seen him. This guy's a this guy's a social slut. Like he's like everywhere, just like talking to everybody and they mother. So I'm just like, man, <laughs> yo, especially especially in Moto America, yo, Jamie, you could not follow this guy. I turn around and I'm like, where the hell is Chris? Chris is gone. All my stuff is in your car. My wings, my beer. I think I left my wings in your van, by the way. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a van, but my car. Yes. I mean, I mean, your 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 SUV. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh, Jake Mar says, oh, Jamie might have to talk to you about plans for next year. Maybe I can get your help. Yeah, man, film him in 4K, bro. Yeah, there you go, Jamie, man. Yes. Film him in 4K. What I'll do if it's okay with Jake, I'll I'll give you his number and I'll hook y'all up. I'll get y'all. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Jake's was returning. I saw he put out a few uh, sponsorship notices for next year, so should be good to see him back and probably in the super sport class. I'm I'm guessing, but yeah, yeah. Dude, just seeing our pin the gas sticker on the back of his bike. Could you imagine if we had a full blown like pin the gas bike, dude? Especially with the new color that we have, the lilac. <laughs> the lilac, the baby what, blue. The what lilac. series would it be, Mo? What series would it be? Oh, dude, if yo, Chris, if if we can have a pin the gas team, man, we probably might have to start Junior Cup. It's the cheapest. I think uh, it's the cheapest option, man. That's a hard one, Jamie, because I'm such a fan of the sport, man. It's, but it's honestly, the cheapest option. If, 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 if I had to pick one, Jamie, uh, I, I would have two. I'd like to have a, a Junior Cup Moto America team, or or, or 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 the Kids Cup, like like working with Michael Carrera and the FSL Mini GP in Florida, right? Having them when they progress to Junior Cup, and of course, I'd want one out there in BSB, uh, Jake Marsh, you know, and all them guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 again, n- not not just helping Jake and and other people. Uh, giving them a voice and a platform too, like we've been doing, right? But you guys as kids, uh, mini GP, like what you was talking about earlier, you know, a, a couple of them too, h- helping them guys out. Because again, all those guys, man, Cameron Fraser, dude, Jake, all of them, man, they're, 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 they are the future of our sport, you know? So uh, everybody else has already made it, like Glenn Irvin, you know, and all them guys, they, they, they got the house and the trophy and the wives and all that good stuff, right? They, the wives. I, well, they do, right? And everybody knows their story. If it but, wasn't for racing, I wouldn't right, have a wife. Right, right, right. It was three times, <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, right, that, that – You know what? Go ahead. Can I – this is a really random note. Have you, have you heard of someone called Peter Crouch? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's like – I know, seven foot footballer. He's not the best looking. I don't know. I can't comment. I can't comment what girls think. But <laughs> I heard the other day he was on a he was on a chat show, or whatever. And someone asked, straight face, they asked, "What would you be if you weren't a footballer?" And he said straight away, "A virgin." <laughs> Whoa! I wouldn't expect that, that answer. Fine. I That's mean, awesome. shit. I, at least he's aware of what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes if I honestly just anything. killed me, I just killed me. I was so I don't know. I, I love people like quick, heard that. quick wit- witted with with stuff like that and quite fast with it. But <laughs> dude, I, I, I definitely would have cried if I heard that. But Sorry, again, back, yeah, man. The the motor away, away from bike racing. Back to bike racing. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, if, if we had to pin the gas team, realistically, I'd probably start with like a junior cup. You know what I mean? Like, like see see how uh, the finances work, see how the bike looks with our livery, the colors, the riders' suits. You know, we probably get one of them bison suits. Shout out to shout out to Rob Lackey. You know what I'm saying? Bison, yo, bison all day. Wait, is on my left? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Hey, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'd probably start there, man. And then ideally, I think after that, I probably would go straight to maybe stock 1000. To be honest, I think a stock 1000 would be. A great next step after that if i was playing if i was playing team man team manager huh i jules your mic cut out yes. oh there oh. you go you're back all right oh my oh my, my oh oh i'm back i'm back 
but yeah, that, that's personally what I would do is if I was team manager, like junior cup first, see how that goes for two years. And then I'll probably get like a stock 1000 bike. Cause I, I know damn well earlier in the early stages, we won't be able to, to, to compete with Superbike. Like that's just way out of the question. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, I would go for for the young and up and kids. That's not even in junior cup or super sport yet. And then I would go to the, to the 400 class and the 600 class with Jake and, you know, all, all the other kids coming up, man. It's, uh, it would be my, my man, Aaron Lilly, man. Cause like I said, those are the future of the sport. Superbike would be cool too, Jules, but man, dude, we got to have an OnlyFans sponsor or something like that. Right. <laughs> to get that going. <laughs> Superbike, mad expensive. It's, it's going to draw a hole in our check. You know what I mean? Like it won't be our, our check. Our, it'll be it'll be a sponsor's check. It'll be, it's, uh, and then we're we're gonna put we're gonna put uh we're gonna put them on RC three nineties. No, we will saying? not put them on RC three. What you mean, yo? Let's put them on the RC three ninety, man. That bike is Absolutely. sick. Bike is garbage, bro. No or, way, or, or the, man. Says oh, it says who? Huh? Rossi Moore was killing it this year. Uh, yeah yeah but uh it's it's not the bike to be on man and m- maybe if they just had an rc390 cup yeah that'd be different but uh, yeah all right yeah, fine we'll so, put them in those bum ass ninja 400s uh, <laughs> so jamie really a 457s what's the plans for next year brother man well you say that i'm gonna be honest i've got nothing in place yet which is kind of exciting kind of nerve-wracking at the same time i think it's always like a not a last minute thing, but you know, riders are just trying to focus and teams are just trying to focus on getting a rider in place before they get an immediate guy in place. And that that's just the truth which I'm dealing with. Like coming into this season I had uh had all my riders in place, you know, and last minute I had a few in, I had a few meetings at, at the Silverstone test kind of thing and that's where I got a lot of my work from. Um so next year I wanna do kinda of a similar thing. I'm looking to manage a few guys' platforms again, Bernie Instead of, you know, I'd love to help everyone out, you know, but yeah, I'd love to, but me too. I can't, yeah. I can't do it. So I want to just focus on one team, one client, but have a few guys who are, I'm close with, I can support and give help with uh, where possible. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to stay in the British Superbike paddock for another year, but you know, if I'm going to go to another paddock in the next few years, you know, obviously I won't say no, obviously I won't say no, but I'm looking forward to next year. It should be good. This year's been absolutely crazy, to be honest, and and not just with the racing on track, but with my work and stuff. Like I'm loving it. So yeah. next year, I'm excited. I know, right? Yeah, I'm excited for you too, man. Yeah, I'd love to see you uh, excel and succeed uh, like you have been, man. It's just like us, right? I just, I just one foot in front of the other, keep grinding, keep getting all these kids on here, and yeah, making it happen, dude, and and, and feeling all the love and support. I, and I but, know you feel the same way. It's just, uh, it's hard to put into words and, and express your, your feelings when you're overwhelmed with just mm-hmm. so much love and support from everybody. It's, uh, it's, it's what an honor. And I say it all the time. I, don't, I know you heard me say that countless times. Cause I really mean it. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's what an honor it's mega and it's mate. <laughs> and I got that from all my peoples over there in the UK about his mate. I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to start using when I go That's back. Saying, so I started texting Jules. Kid. Yeah. I started texting Jules that when I was over there, he's like, bro, why you keep Yo, talking I, to me? I woke up, I woke up <laughs> like seven o'clock in the morning, bro. And he's like, he's like, good day, mate. And I was like, Fuck, you got to go back home, bro. You want an English? I breakfast? think you'd love Let's it go. here, Jamie. I, I honestly think you'd love it here, man. Especially the Moto America paddock. It's like it's like a different energy. Obviously, I don't know what the BSB paddock is like. Uh, Chris amazing. can come. Chris can compare it, but 
um, yo, America's lit. I think everybody would be trying to pull on your shirt to have you like take a picture of them or like film what they're doing. I tried to do a little bit over the weekend. I'll upload that on my Instagram, but uh, it, it was way too hectic. It was way too busy, and everyone's kind of like racing through a hurricane. But dude, it, it, it what's like the preparation like? Uh, what, what what do you sort of bring with you? Because I'm I'm a camera junkie, so like I like to know like everyone's sort of setup like. What kind of lenses you run in? What kind of what what kind of body are you running? I missed I missed half about my internet like that, but I get the kind of vibe which one. I get the vibe which one. So um with equipment and my I don't know, everyone talks about it all the time. All photographers love equipment and you know. I, a few young photographers have asked me like, I don't know, what equipment do you need to shoot BSB and stuff? And I'm like, and obviously you can you can spend thousands on equipment, but I think get a DSLR and you're my money. But obviously, over years, I've you know unfortunately spent more and more on different equipment. And now, <laughs> now this year, now this year, I realized what did I want to do? I wanted to go light. I wanted to have one body and one lens, and you know, two lenses, you know, and just float around. And because mm. I didn't want to keep changing lenses all the time and focusing on small things, because I didn't want to miss moments. So I've right, got my Canon, Canon 90D, which uh, is a nice. beautiful camera for me because I do photography and videography. So it's got 4K, 120 FPS, all the, the slow motion stuff, but also photography is FPS. on point. And then um, we've, I've got, I don't know, I've got a lot of lenses floating around now, but the main ones I use are 24 to 105 Canon, mm-hmm, um, 50 mil, 50 mil 1.8, gorgeous, honestly. And then like a, like a wide shot? Like, it... it's a bit tighter. So it's a bit tighter, oh, okay. but um, I love it. It blurs out the background beautifully in, in cameras. And, you know, one thing oh. I love is with some riders, I love to, you know, get up close, you know, and capture their, their eyes, their emotions, mm-hmm. and like, especially with a helmet on. Um, so that's pretty pretty good for that. You know, oh, I could, Honestly, I could spend all day talking about lenses and equipment, you know. Every, every oh, that's my speed. <laughs> every photographer's got a 70 to 100, so I use that a bit, and obviously on track stuff. I've got, I've got one, I've got a Sigma 150 to 600, which I've not. Okay, I've done hardly any on track stuff thinking about it this year, but honestly, it's not. I don't think it's that crazy in my budget, but it's a solid lens, solid lens. Oh yeah, I feel that. I think mm-hmm. I think for me, um, what I really want to make an investment towards next year is like I, I want to get like a Black Magic Pocket Cinema camera. Mm-hmm. I really think those are cool, but like it's a very small market for them, and I'm afraid that I might buy it and I break something and it's it's over for the league. But like that's it's the, it's that's the bad thing about our hobby, though. It's so bloody expensive. Why couldn't I be interested in like playing football or something? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like yo. Hey, I hey, mean, hey, I, I, could I got an Insta360. Does that count? <laughs> well, what about the Insta360, man? You like that, They're Jimmy? Decent. They're on me up, aren't they? You know, obviously, there's quite a lot in the paddock. There's a few riders, aren't there, who yeah. are getting hooked up with them, kind of yeah. thing. Johnny Ray, dude, it's an awesome camera. I got one, and the, oh, yeah, the shots Johnny you can Ray do is it. uh, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, it's, you can do a full 360, you can bring it down where it's like all this tunnel vision. It's, I don't even know all, all, what all it can do because I haven't really messed with it's it wild. that much. 
since I got it. But uh, yeah, next time oh, I come power. out there, Jamie, I'll bring it, man. Obviously, I did this time, and Definitely. we'll link up, and I'll let you take it back to the hotel, wherever you can play with it, and blah 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 blah. It's 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 pretty cool. I, I think it would help you out too, some because there's there's certain because mm. instead of just one shot, you get the full panorama of everything, and then you can actually download the, the program and chop it and crop it and do certain angles and all this that you couldn't normally do with the style of cameras you guys use, right? So yeah, and also, man, you know, I, I know, I, I know a lot, a lot of teams, man. Maybe uh, my man uh, Dustin, he, he has a good point, man. I, I should reach out to them, and he says uh, you can do what Tom Col- Torrin Collins did a one-off weekend to showcase your talent, you know, w- with the team over here in Moto America f- for one weekend. So I reach out to to all yeah, my man. peoples I know and uh, see if I can line something up. Just fly just you out here for a weekend, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll reach out to them and see when they'd be available. And obviously, I'd have to reach out to you, so it'd be a, a whole network thing. But, yeah, Get I'll see what I can do to make it work son. for you, Jamie, because, like I said, I would love to have you over here, man. Absolutely. Torin Collins. Torin Collins. He did yep. Rings Bell. He did Talent Cup. I remember he came over and did mm-hmm. Canadi- Canadian Kid. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Torrin Collins, yeah. Kid, yeah, 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 he is he a did, Canadian kid. I believe he did talent cook for a few years. Yep. Um, is he race? Where's he racing now? Uh, Dustin, I, I'm not 100% sure of this answer. Um, I feel I, like he was over in Spain at one point. I, I, I don't I don't know if I'm getting mixed up. But. Oh, yeah, he was at Coda. He was actually at Coda. Yep, yep. Yes, he was. Circuit of the Americas. Yep, yep. Circuit of the Americas. Jamie, yep. get that passport, bro. Yeah, get I'm that gonna, passport, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna keep reminding you, bro. Like, you get to pick any round you want here. I mean, hometown bias, pick New Jersey. Because <laughs> then you're right there next to I, New York. I've been to several MotoGP races too, as well. I've been to several circuits. I've been to Indy, right? Almost every year, except for the last one or two. I've been to uh, Laguna Seca the first year they come back in 05, which was truly amazing. And then I've been to, um, uh, of course, Coda. I've been to Coda like six times, right? Um, Coda's uh Coda's super nice too. Yeah, he uh, Dustin said that uh, he Torrens uh, Canadian Superbike is the plan he believes, but he got fourth and third at Coda. Sheesh. So, yeah, big shout out to him, man. Super fast, pretty yeah, decent, absolutely. Yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. shit conditions too, because it was boiling hot. You could fry an egg in the side of the freaking pavement. Yeah, because usually Coda's in in for for MotoGP over here. It's it's in April. It's where, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Where Moto Before America was hot. in uh, the ass crack of summer, yeah. dude. It was, so like, it was like 125 yo. degrees. Imagine yeah, that, like, Jamie. 125 degrees. You'd be like, yo, oh my god, bring it, yo. Because Chris is like, did you meet this person? Did you meet that person? Did you see that? I'm like, Chris, I can't even walk five minutes without like wanting to die of freaking anaphylactic shock. I don't know, like. It was it, it was so bad, dude. I was seeing double and everything. Like it, it was really uncomfortable how hot it was. Did you there. did you see Jorge Martin at the, the weekend after the I race saw, in uh, India? Yeah, dude, where he passed out. Yeah, down. that was yeah. wild. Yeah, was yeah wild. dude, it was hot as fuck. It to <laughs> me, Jamie, it's almost like if you have a rider of that stature and that physical condition do that, maybe you should do the Indian race early in the year where it's not summertime, saying, right? Yeah. In the dead of the heat. Um, maybe they'll rethink it. Yeah, I mean, I you know probably I, I hope so because uh, God forbid you know it causes stroke to somebody because you can have heat stroke that's real, right? And, and just and, in the middle of a turn, just you know, just just start phasing yeah. out. I mean, it, it it gets pretty bad. I mean, Josh Heron was saying that he almost passed out and freaking in the race because how hot it was. 
but it, it's crazy. it's yeah, yeah yeah but i mean it, it was probably you know what so it wasn't supposed to be that bad austin was going through a heat wave. texas was going through a heat wave that weekend it just happened to me bono america weekend because by the time me and my girlfriend flew out it was pretty nice there was like a, there was like a cooler breeze but it was like not it was it was still hot but they were there they were going to heat wave and that's terrible as as he's drinking water because he's imagining the, how hot it would have been right you know what i just couldn't like this year like i could only dream of it being as hot as uh, i don't know coat as you're saying or in, in india or whatever honestly this year in england is not been the best weather i would like looking at the, the races in the bsd this year we've not really had any hot ones and we've had a lot of wet ones which uh-huh. not too good is it no but we had we had a we had a round last year at Frookston, um, down south, and that was crazy hot. That was through like heat wave, peak summer, um, and we had problems problems there with water and whatever. But I damn, mean, hopefully I can it, get over it. A few more international races and experience a bit bit of sun. That's right. It, it it probably is a bitch and a half to kind of keep the quality of your content up during you know weather like that, right? Like it must be annoying to plot, the, yeah, out. and it must be annoying to like plot your camera and there's like a downpour and then now you gotta like set up your camera in a way where you could dodge all the raindrops, or if it's like extremely hot and like you're trying to focus but you can't because you're just gassing out, like it, it it must be a bitch. I didn't even get to record that much from my from my Lumix this weekend because the rain was just terrible. It was sad. I was ready to make some crazy highlight reels. <laughs> You know, just yeah. four frames, just 4K, 24 frames per second. You know, something like something like. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I don't think I don't know anything about that. Yeah, right. I, I am. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreign language, Cinematic. but yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, like I said, all... I got the Insta360. I just cut on my phone, cut it out, and it does everything for me. And I just edited. I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to film these guys like Rocky Balboa, man. Like I'm trying to make it cinematic, make it in slow motion, right, like when they that. take off the head. And, oh. I mean, I mean, you come out, you come out on the weekend, and the guy just walking out, walking around with the Insta 360, his shovel will be way better. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. shit happens. It always yeah. happens like that. But, but anyway, yo, gentlemen, Chris, Jamie, I'm gonna have to excuse myself because I actually have to go to my actual job. I got called into work. Okay. So, uh, you know, it was great talking to you too, Chris. What's we we gotta stuff? do a recap of Moto America. We will, Jamie. I can't wait to to you know explore and stock your Instagram for more content. Send me your YouTube page, man, because I, I definitely would like like to see what uh what you got going on over there. Awesome stuff. Nice meeting you. Anyway, well, meet cool, you online. Cool. Hopefully, I'll meet you in person. Next year, what's something? Yeah, come nah. to England, maybe. No, no, yeah, 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 very soon. I gotta I'll get that passport. There. I gotta get that passport. <laughs> Cadwell Park. Yeah, facts. Ah, Cadwell, facts. Definitely. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Cadwell Park. No question. But, awesome. All right, anyway, Jules. Have a good day at work, homie. And the gas. I'll see you guys next week. See you later, bro. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, Jules is cool, man. He 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 works. Uh like a double shift right well mid shift during the morning and then later on in the afternoon but yeah i couldn't imagine you know there, there's a lot you you were saying something earlier about that man there's a lot of uh, work that goes in behind you in, in mm-hmm. your photography you know setting up different settings as different 
the way the sun glares off a certain object or you're trying to ca- capture a certain corner or, or a rider in a certain spot in the garage or a conversation, you know, so you got to mm. take, it takes a minute to set your whole camera up. You know, it's, it's uh so walk us through a, a little bit of that, man. Is it, is it like instant, like a, a super bike rider hitting different tracks control settings or does it actually take you a few minutes to do all that? Mm. So I think, I don't know, look at, look at all it in general. I think the hard, the hard part about that is, yeah, you can learn and all this stuff, but no one can teach you like videography of emergency bikes. No one can teach you that. So it's, I think it's all about, I don't know, spending time and just being, being there, you know, consistently sticking at it, you know, and trying to get, trying to get your shots kind of thing. And then you'll learn as, learn as you go on. But, you know, the weather conditions sometimes on the, on the best kind of thing, especially with the sun and that. So it's interesting to try to, when you're planning a weekend, especially when I used to do my on track stuff, and I think, okay, so the sun's probably gonna be rising in the morning, it's gonna be quite bright, and then it's gonna go down. So, then just trying to think about where you're shooting from on track that's quite important. But you know, I love capturing moments. So, planning, I've learned, especially this year, planning is huge with what I'm doing because I need to capture the moments and I kind of know what's gonna happen where when if, if a rider's like, I don't know. If a rider's strong on this point of a track, you know, it'd be cool to go watch there as a fan's point of view, but there's so much which goes into it. And I think that's what people are starting to understand, and especially my clients, about how much goes into, especially the video side and stuff for me. It's nice because they appreciate what I do kind of thing. They, they appreciate the work I put into it. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of work. I appreciate it, man. What you do is mega for the sport and showing that different side of it that nobody else is doing is, is fantastic, man. So uh, along with that, Where's your favorite racetrack to shoot at? You have a certain favorite racetrack you like to shoot at? Certain favorite corner? racetrack to shoot at? Yeah. Come on. You know which one. Okay, I do. I, I do. It, so I think, yours. I think it might be yours as well. It is. Absolutely it is. 110% for y'all don't know. We already said it. Cadwell Park. I mean, come on, right? It's the only one. It's the only, I, I, I try to tell everybody when I come back. I'm like, look, you watching on TV – but when you physically go there and see how narrow it is and that mountain jump and Brooksy and all them just completely ape shit launching it, right? And then uh, some guys wrecking because they land wrong. But then as soon as you come over the mountain, man, how narrow it gets with the with the walls and the tires. And it's, uh, mm. it's a simply amazing racetrack. We don't have nothing like that out here in America. Moto yeah. America would be like, hell no, we ain't racing there, right? Uh, and you were, you were speaking about like a best track to shoot at. I think Cadwell, like, I'm there to work. Yeah, I'm there to work, but I'm a fan at the end of the day. So just going out when, I, when I've got a minute, when I'm not going to work kind of thing, just going out and watching some of the bikes on track. And that's a, a track where I don't think, I'm, I'm not really bothered about who's going around. I just love, say, through Hall's Bends, you know, over a mountain. I could just sit there all day long watching on track action that's what me i love too. about the track I, I i you know i walked around with dave neal uh he showed me mm. turn one and we walked along you know and he showed me corners and stuff like that and i walked the length of the track but i'm with you jamie right there dude the mountain that's that's it man coming down that that slowing down left right setting up and then launching that bad but there's absolutely nothing like it in the world it's really not and, and watching it either if you're on the grandstands watching them actually come up the mountain or you're you're over there uh watching them coming out that left right turn setting up looking at the mountain directly either one of those is a fantastic position yeah and i think people do you know obviously 
I don't know, on social media, all the picks over the weekend, the bike's going over a mountain. But look at some of the corners, you know. Turn one, look at it. Look at the start, how so tight fast. it is. All those guys going to that fast, sweeping uphill left-hand corner. And then the rest of the track, you know, it's so, the track is so thin. The track is, it's unreal to watch. Doesn't matter where you are. Honestly, people go on Facebook and go, where's best to watch? Anywhere. That's anywhere. what I love about I agree. it. Yeah, anywhere. I agree. And, and people don't realize how hilly the place is too, right? It's, mm, exactly. it's a proper, yeah, it's a proper hilly place. That's what we call it, right? It's hills. It's, it's ups and downs and cambers and it's simply amazing. That's what I tell everybody. It's yeah, exactly. I, it's hard to describe it. It's just the best way. It's mega. It's amazing. It's it's everything that goes along with it. Um, yeah, man. It's it's just uh, you would love Moto America, and, and what I mean by that is, uh, like I said, you know, in BSB. Obviously, I've only been to Cadwell, and of course, the pits is way down there, and you got to actually cross the track, and you know, know somebody to either get be on the track walk or or actually be on the grid to even. Uh, I want to say get up close and personals, but Cadwell mm. is is different than the other tracks because the riders actually got across there. So you can see all the riders a, as they come by. Yeah. Right. So it's special in those both ways versus Moto America. Like me and Jules was talking about, they'll pull up there in, 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 unless the, the track has a garage, but it's still the same thing. They just have one of those movie theater little lines there and you're, you walk up to it and you can almost reach out and touch the bike. I mean, it's crazy. The riders, you see them back there talking and they'll come up and give you, you know, high fives, hugs or whatever it is, pictures, autographs. Uh, you see them riding around the paddock all the time. Obviously MotoGP been to several, you gotta, uh, well, I don't know how it is overseas, but in America at Coda, Jamie, um, the only, the only close you can get to them is, is during the fan pit walk, right? What where they'll take you along, you know, the, the, the straightaway mm. where they would open up the garages. Some riders come out, a lot of them don't, but they sell a uh, pit pass you buy, and it's a limited number of pit passes, like $300 each. And that allows you to go back behind the garages where the riders will come out. And actually, you know, you see it on TV where they open up the door and the cameras fall and they go through the, you know, all that. So, yeah, and then you can meet pretty okay. much everybody, um, which is worth mm. it. But at the same time, it's like I feel like it hinders our sport. And the reason why I say that is, is like I feel like all the other race organizations should be like Moto America in that aspect where all the people that show up, man, because there's people that spend thousands of dollars like myself going all over the world, wanting to get up close and personal with all their favorite riders. Right. Not maybe it's what ifs. Yeah, it's nice to be there, but that's why you go. Right. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's a big reason, not the only reason, but that's a big reason why you go is to get up and close personally. You know, even if it's a high five or a quick little snap, or even if you don't get an autograph, it's I, I was there, I was in his presence, I talked to him. It was just, it, it totally changes your view on everything when you finally get mm. to meet him. Right. Um, yeah. I think, but, I think that's the key about, I don't know, about the sport we love really, motorcycle racing. Like, look at a lot of sports. I'm big into my football. I'm never going to meet all the footballers that I idolise in a million years kind of thing. Yeah. But you look at motorcycle racing, I think it's so accessible and that's what I love it about it. And that's where, you know, fans can make a real connection to the riders and right. that that's what's so so special kind of thing. And especially uh, in the UK we have um, a most round which is back through the pit walk where the all the riders have to if they have a pit they have to be there the fans sign autographs kind of thing for like a half an hour an hour or so and you know you, you see all these kids with posters and they're getting it signed and so many people 
you know, sharing the smiles kind of thing. And that's what's beautiful about the paddock. And, and it's weird because I have to think, like, some of the riders I work for, and I thought, think, oh, like, five years ago or so many years ago, I was one of those kids, you know, who was asking for autographs. And that's what keeps me motivated and keeps me loving the sport kind of thing and loving my job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I used to be real big into autographs too. Now, I, now I'm all about a picture, right? Let me get a picture, right? Because a picture speaks a thousand words. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and then I can go to Walmart or print them or whatever, and then take them and have them sign that or, or whatever. But I just, I mean, I used to be real, you know, especially when Rossi was around. Man, I was, I'm fortunate enough where I got. I don't know, five, six Rossi helmets, sign hats. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff, Rossi, Nikki Hayden, all mm. that, all that good stuff. But like Jules says, man, I'm out there. Like I'm like, I'm this, you know, you met me big ball of positive energy. Just go around talking to everybody. I don't care who it is. I'm like, Hey man, what's up? I'm Simcoe, blah, 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 blah. You know, I just, dude, I love it. The passion for the sport is just, uh, man, I love it. Jamie, there is nothing like it in the world, but let's, let's get away from our motorcycle love right now. Let's talk about Jamie and what Jamie does when he puts the camera down, when he's not focused on, you know, trying to work with a rider and the social media and all that. Cause I know that's a full-time job because it is for me podcasting and all that, but let's get into what does Jamie do away from all that stuff? I love this. I love this, you know, cause like not many podcasts where, I don't know, it dives into someone's industry where they just say, hold up, take a step back, you know, let's look elsewhere. Um, so I've, I've got an interesting story in the fact that, so I left college just over a year ago. I left college, I was in full-time education until just, yeah, up to a year ago. And when I left, all my friends, 95% of people who went to my school went straight to university. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, you do you do you kind of thing. But I was like, really, I don't really want to be sat in a classroom again, learning, you know, from a teacher, from a lecturer. So I took a gap year. I wanted to put off going to uni, you know, for as long as possible. So I decided I was going to go on a gap year and I wanted to focus on the motorcycle racing stuff. But as soon as I finished school, I jetted off straight to Australia. And I went traveling for, for six months with a, a good mate of mine and I went traveling around Australia. And I got back one week before British Superbikes test at Donington or Silverstone, one of them. So obviously racing, that's my that's my main focus. But the rest of the work I do, and I do a lot of other freelance work with the camera still. You know, I, be, I do a bit of everything. I've done a wedding this year, you know, stuff... Um, portraits, photography, other sports kind of thing. You know, I think this year's key is just getting my foot into different different markets, you know, and try a few few different things out, you know. Um, but that's me at the moment. Looking forward, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really have any plans, but I'm going to just ride the wave and see, see how it goes kind of thing. That's that's awesome, man. So let's talk a little bit about Australia, man, because I'd love to go to Australia. I got I got some buddies that that live out there in Australia. They actually have a podcast too called Moto PG, not GP. Uh, big okay. shout out to Boris Mahalovic, Tugs McClutchin, and and my man Fredo. If you guys ain't heard of him, I know most of you have, dude. You guys need to go check him out. But uh, I've been wanting to go to Australia, man. It's one of the places that I've always wanted to travel to and go to. And I've, I've a couple of my buddies are like, if you come, you're good. Just like what you said, I want to move there. Right. I don't want to leave this beautiful place. Right. So so what was your favorite spot in Australia you went to and your favorite meal you had there? 
Wow. Bam, bam. Favorite sport? Favorite meal? The favorite spot. So there was this place called I don't know. It's quite famous, Byron Bay. Byron Bay. Do you have you heard of the Inbetweeners? I, I've heard I, I've heard of Byron Bay, but um, the Inbetweeners. No, I haven't. So the Inbetweeners is this is on a this is on a long long shot. But the Inbetweeners is basically a series in the UK, and it's got a few films about these group of boys. And they're like in the final few years of school, and they're just like the classic British boys, you know, they're not got a clue what's going on, you know. They're a bit clueless, you know, they're just it's so funny. But they they go to Australia in one of the films and they go to Byron Bay and and that's how I think a lot of people stereotypically look at Byron Bay and I thought, oh, it's not gonna be like that. And I turned up and it was. Everyone spoke like this dude, you know, everyone's super chilled out, you know. That was not the right voice. But everyone's got this, like, hippie vibe about them. You'll be in a supermarket, you'll be in a restaurant. No one's wearing shoes. No one's wearing socks. A bit weird when you think about it now. But when you're there, it's awesome. And everyone's super kind and everyone shows the love kind of thing. That's that's the place which I, I came away loving the most. And I wish I could have stayed there. But, damn, it was expensive. It was a it was a pricey place to live kind of thing. But, so... It- in Australia, where would you live at? If, if you had to choose a choice that was affordable, where would you go in Australia to live? Where would Jamie's where would Jamie's place be? Sydney. So, funny enough you say that. Funny enough you say that. So my I went out there with good good mate, one of my best friends, and he left here in December. He left December last year and I was meant to leave in December. And I said, like, hang on, I don't want to leave yet. I'm not ready to leave. So lucky enough, I I went to Sydney. I lived in Sydney for a few months, rented a room, and I fell in love with Sydney. It was such a beautiful, beautiful city kind of thing. And there was so much going on, and it was so, I don't know, everything was so easy to get around. The people were so nice, and I fell in love with Sydney. Uh, I think it was a bit on the pricey side, but it's so it was so easy to get into Central if you, if you lived a little way out on the old train, so... Sydney was pretty special. Sydney was pretty special. I, it looks special uh, every time you see it on TV, right? It's uh, it Phillip Island, right? Did you did you make it around the Eastern Creek or Phillip Island or any of those places? Eastern Creek, Eastern yeah. Creek. I, I I didn't. Oh, Eastern Creek. Mm-hmm. That's over there. A, Go ahead. The track is that mm-hmm. whoever track is. Eastern Creek. They, they have a racetrack. I'm pretty sure it's Eastern yeah. Creek over there. Yeah, yeah. And then Phillip Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eastern Creek. So, so really random. Tom to Paris. He, um, I've known him for a few years now, and he's he lives out that way. He lives in Canberra, which is a few hours from Sydney. But he was he was riding a few times at Eastern Creek, but because it was peak summer there, this at the Sydney Motorsport Park, they didn't ride in the day. No, no, no. They raced at night. They raced under the lights. Nice. I don't know, bikes, racing at night time. So I went a few times and it was crazy. I actually loved that. And, but the worst bit was, I don't know, the, the race would finish at like 11, 11 p.m. or something. And then I'd, I'd beg a lift off someone to the train station. And then I'd get a train back at night and it'd be Saturday night. 
And as I was falling asleep on the train home, it would be, be all these guys who just come back from nights out, you know, to slowly get on the train. I'll be like, yeah, I've been in motorcycle racing. Yeah. That's awesome. But, nah, that, that was a cool track. That was a cool track. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about it. Never obviously been there because I never been to Australia, but it, it's on my bucket list. I'd love to go to Australia. Um, how did you see? Obviously, you, you saw a kangaroo. So, what was it like to seeing them in real life? Right, you're like, oh my god, you see them on TV, you're like a real kangaroo. Look at that. You know, I've been. I went to Australia when I was younger because I got a, a lot of family out there on my dad's side. But you know, to travel around and see some of the, a lot of the wildlife and you know animals in nature kind of thing you know in just in the middle of fields that was crazy it was funny because there was actually a few kangaroos trackside and i took a video of one and put it on my instagram story i was like what is going on what is going on but now nah, i mean i saw i saw everything i saw dingoes i saw crocodiles i saw obviously a bunch of kangaroos a few joeys jumping around but it's wild absolutely wild I bet I seen uh we went to the fair over here in Salem they actually had uh some kangaroos, which I was like it, it kind of blew my mind. But it was uh that's the first time I seen them in real life. They were uh they were cute, man. I, I actually wanted one. I was like, man, can, can I buy one of those? Dude, that, how how cool would that be? I got a pet kangaroo, come on over, right? That, that'd be wild. Rossi how high they can jump there. Rossi hey, says hi, everybody. Good. Yeah, say he got out of school early because he just got back from a dentist appointment. Yes, yes. your Oculus is ready. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh so listen again away from all this motorcycle stuff. So best Netflix show, go. Oh, best best Netflix show. Yeah, don't put the pressure on me. You know what? I'm not even watching Netflix that much. Um oh no, I don't want to say I don't want to say the Formula One documentary because that might get a bit awkward with these two wheel lovers. But yeah. I bet, but you know what though? I mean, let's just be honest, dude. That was an amazing show. They they did the best. That was the best uh let's say documentary on the inside of a sport that I've mm. seen. It really had video on it. I loved it. Yes. Honestly, how they do you take a step back for a minute? There must how many cameras must have been men? How many cameramen they must have employed to, you know, to be in everyone's pit garages and that. It was incredible. It was put together superbly. And to tell, tell the stories in that way, was, I loved it. Honestly, that's, I've got to say, Drive to Survive. Y'all heard it first, Drive to Survive. And, you know, I, I agree with the man. There are other shows. Okay, well, let me take it back away from documentaries. Like, uh, did you like um, um, Breaking Bad? Did you ever see that? Oh, I didn't watch Breaking Bad, you know. Everyone says about it. Bro, Everyone you got to check it out. It. Yes, you got to check it out. It's a great show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Okay, so favorite movie, Jamie. Your favorite movie in the world. And if uh, your favorite movie, what character would you play in that movie? And what actor oh, no. would play you as that character in that movie? Okay. So, you you know the hangover. Yeah. Which, oh, there's, there's a few of them, those and that. But they're in Thailand for one. Oh, that's a cool one, Thailand. Uh, it's got to be one of the hangovers. It's got to be one of the hangovers. I've not watched that for a little little while now. Uh, I, th I think um, it was the first one. Little or the like one. That where yeah. yeah. 
So which one was the one? The one was in Thailand and one was in... Las Vegas. Somewhere in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How can I forget? Yeah. How Caesar's Palace, when he... Oh, when Chow has jumped off the top of Caesar's Palace with his... With his um, what was it called? When he's the flying sheet? through the air. Bed sheet or whatever it was he had, whatever. Yeah, it was awesome. I love it. He was one of my favorite characters in that whole movie, man. <laughs> he said, You ain't never done cocaine. Your heart ain't never stopping. You come back. I was crying, laughing. And that's it. He's he's like paragliding off the top of seas of Paris. And he goes, I love cocaine. <laughs> but, so what what character would you be in that movie, right? And what famous actor would play you as that character in that movie? Okay, for start. So, I'm just trying to think of my names now. So you got the dentist. I'm not really feeling the dentist. He's he's Phil. Phil, Phil I think so. Yeah, yeah, Phil. They got the the Tyson tattoo. I feel like I'd be. Yeah, that's one. I feel like the other guy. Oh, I'm so bad. I just said it's my favorite film, and I don't know their names. Taller guy, big muscles. I'd be there without the muscles, but you know who I mean. Yeah, I know exactly. The guy, who he kind of. He shows a bit of intelligence now and again, and I'm not saying I'd, I'd show that, but I like how he's he's a bit he's quite sensible, but he's a bit wacky and he's a bit bit on the crazy side sometimes. I think that's as well. He's got he's got a bit of height, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and don't don't ask me the actor question, please, because I do not know any actors. I'm okay. sorry. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna take one out of Dave Neal's book, Best Hire Car Story. Oh, best! I love this. You know what? I've always listened to his podcast. Always thought about hire car stories, and let's throw in some MotoGP ones. Let's throw in some MotoGP ones. So, um, okay, let's let's go Austrian MotoGP. I don't know what year. I don't know what year. Austrian MotoGP. So, my my dad's okay with technology. He's okay. He's, you know, he's got a phone. He's addicted to Facebook like every other dad. And, but he's, for some reason, thought we could use a real-life map. He thought we would not pay for data on our phones. We'd not, we'd not do any of that. He had a map. And he had instructions saying, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. So, we... The airport, I can't remember where the airport was. And we were on our way to Spielberg. It was like, I don't know, an hour or something. And then we got lost a few times. And my dad kept going to petrol stations and asking where the bloody hell we were. <laughs> Driving for like, I don't know, an hour and a half or something. And, and we turned around a corner and we were back at the airport. We'd gone in a massive loop and we'd returned to the airport. But do you want to hear the worst thing? The, yeah. worst, the worst thing. So we didn't want to pay for sat-nav. We didn't want to pay for sat-nav. They were quite expensive. So we went in to, to the lady. We said, pay for sat-nav. And she says, there's a sat-nav in your car. And we said, there's not. So she walked out with us. And on the screen in the car... ourselves to save a leaf that's that's that, this year this year 
Asen MotoGP. I don't know if we've got any guys from the hire car company on here, but it might have been a little, a little, um, but doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And you know what's funny? We were when we were waiting in the high high car queue, the queue was full of MotoGP riders. It was so funny. Next to us was John Hopkins. He had who is it? Was it Marcus Ramirez or was it Marcus Ramirez or Sean Dillon Kelly? I think it was Sean Dillon Kelly. And he had him with it. Yeah. yeah. And it was like all these riders queuing up for a higher car. I mean, Tony Arbolino and his dad was there. And it was crazy. It was nuts, honestly. I, dude, that's when I would have my, my, my podcast instinct would have come out and I'd have been taking pictures, be like, hey, I'm Simcoe Benny Gas Podcast. What an honor it would be to have you on. And they, you know, j- j- just like went over there, over there and I met all you guys, man. A, a lot of the people that I met, they were, as soon as I approached them, in my energy, man, they were just, they stopped and their eyes got big, like, wow, like the energy you put off is just incredible, right? And then the breath of fresh air and all that good stuff. But anyway, favorite meal, Jamie. Favorite meal, like favorite, favorite like fav- I could eat anything now. Favorite meal, yeah, anything now. Favorite meal. That's a toughie. That's a toughie, you know, because I've always been like a burger guy. Always been a burger guy. I'm gonna hold my hands up. I'm a burger guy. A nice big beef burger, a bit of bacon, you know. Um, That's it, burger, huh? Everyone loves a steak, though, don't they? And I love a steak, but you can't. <laughs> Have one now and again, you know? Yeah. You don't want just Every now and day. again. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, favorite meal? I'd love a steak. Steak? Are you a seafood steak. guy? Oh, no, 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 no. Not a seafood guy. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm you're sorry. good. Just... So steak, huh? Oh, I, love, I love some fish and chips from a chip shop. Right. But not, not a seafood guy, and especially when... Um, get the old salmon out. I'm like, I'm all right, thank you. But, right, right. I'll just hey, take hey, the We chips. all have our different tastes. We, we exactly. do. Okay, so uh, Thai food or, 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 or uh, Greek food? Oh, I'm not very cultured. Oh, no, actually, I say I'm not very cultured, but it's like, I don't know, you get a few Greek vans, don't you, here and there? And that's pretty good. I'm, I can't say I've had Thai food before. Well, I say that, but I went, I went to Thailand. I went to Thailand, yeah, and I was really worried about the food. You know, I'm not very cultured on the food side. And we arrived there. We went out for breakfast. It was a lot of my dad's side of the family went went with us, actually. And the place sold full full English breakfasts. And that's what you got. I was like, (laughs) I am at home here. They had, like, orange juice, tea, everything. I was at home. Favorite book? Favorite, favorite book, book you've read? Yes, favorite book. I'm I'm not a big reader. I'm not a big reader. Okay, but audio book. I'm, audio book. You listen to because I listen to them on audio. I continue the book thing, you know, because like I don't know, it was a weird one, but I remember at school we'd always have to pick a book out. We'd always have to we'd always have to read a book. I remember we'd go to in the library, and there'd be this autobiography section, and I loved reading autobiographies honestly they'd be like loads of sports athletes and i love that side of things but i remember richard old richard branson yeah yeah he he had a book um losing my virginity was it is it losing i think so it's one 
I don't know. But he has his autobiography and that was so cool. You think a big businessman like him, you think it's going to be like a, I know, a traditional story. I did this, I did this, I made money, I got rich. Hell no. He had problems, <laughs> he had ups, he had downs, he had women, he didn't have women. His story was crazy. I remember, I remember like thinking about books now. I remember picking out a few different stories that I can remember from his. I think that was a pretty special one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker, right? So I, if I read, like physically read a book, um, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm out, right? But an audio book, man, I can sit mm. there. I'm driving. If it's not listening to podcast, you know, it's, it's an audio book. So I, I've gotten every Guy Martin book, which were every single one of them was phenomenal. But I imagine every time I listen to a Guy Martin book, I'm like, what if Guy Martin was actually talking during his book? You wouldn't understand That'd be crazy. a third of what he said, right? Uh, it would be awesome. That'd be crazy. Um, and then John McGinnis's book was really well. Oh, yeah. uh, Shaky Burn. I mean, a dude, John Hopkins, I just got done listening to his, well, when it first come out, not say just got done. Um, I got his audio book and that was, that was an amazing story. You need to go to Apple or, or whatever you got and, and download his audio book. Cause it's uh, it'll, Definitely. he talks about his personal life and his struggles with the alcohol and the drugs and smoking cigarettes during the races, dude. And just, it's, it's stuff that you never thought, right. Or you don't ever hear about, he comes out forth and, and talks about all that stuff. And I thought it was great because it, he, he let you in on his personal, a lot of these racers do too on their books. But again, you, you listen, it's like podcast. You listen to podcasts, it's all the same questions. You know, it's all the same. When it's a motorcycle racer, it's all about pretty much their, their relationship with their mom and their dad and how they got in the motorcycles and their career and blah, blah, blah. They don't really steer away a lot to, you know, Netflix and chill your favorite food, you know, or any of that stuff. Right. It's all as far as is motorcycle racing go, but I am a, a sucker for, our, for, for books like that. Um, and, you know, you know, speaking about some of those, some of those older names, maybe like John McGuinness, you know, the guy Martins, I'd love to be my dad into this because he He's always in the paddock, yeah. He's always in the paddock. But I remember from a young age, um, he'd see these see these guys like John McGuinness, and yeah, I appreciated him. I appreciated his talent. He like idolizes these guys, and I actually love it. I remember one day in the MotoGP paddock at Silverstone, we were waiting for Valentino Rossi to come out. We were hoping that we were going to meet Valentino Rossi, and we looked to the side of us, and John McGuinness, not yeah, John McGuinness was just waiting with us, and. My dad was just, my dad went crazy. He was like, like a, I think he went into fanboy mode on that front. And, you know, it's so special to see my dad and see the guys where he's grew up watching them on TV kind of thing, especially in the GP paddock, you know, and he's just like meeting with them and they've always got time, you know, to, to have conversations. Look at Roger Marshall. Roger Marshall is everywhere in the BSV paddock now. And, it, you know, it's so... It's so nice to see these big, these like special faces kind of things, you know, every day in the paddock kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you say that, cool. man. But re real quick before I tell the story, uh, dude, you seen your dad's passion turn into that fanboy. He was like, whoa, like this is awesome, right? Because it's a part, maybe a side of your dad you don't see too often, right? So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It's, it's cool to, to to see that. But I was the same. I had that 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 same experience. Of course, I had that experience with you know Storm Stacy and Shaky Burn and Jamie Jamie Widom and you know all, all them guys. But dude, I'm a huge Davy Todd fan. Everybody knows that. You know he's he's and of course McGinnis and Joey and all that and and 
Michael, but dude, Davy Todd, I don't know. It's just something about him. You know, it's just certain riders. You're just like, dude, I really love mm. his style of riding and, and all that stuff. But anyway, so I was bummed out when I got there because I was asking everybody in the paddock, bro, is Davy Todd coming? They're like, no, he's not racing till Donington. And my heart was like, all right, you know, well, what next year, right? Or, or when I come back for sure. But anyway, so uh, Dave Neal hooked me up with uh, Christy. Big shout out to her with the Kawasaki team um, with, with uh, Lee, Lee Jackson on it. And uh, so I, I got to be on the, on the pit, right. As of course you, you've seen, but I was standing there and I, I didn't record this. I wish I would have, uh, but I was there with my man, Daniel Parker, big shout out to him. To him. He's a, he's a rider mindset coach um, works with Aaron Lilly and, and um, fat boy Finn and, and, and all them kids, man. So he's, he's doing a mega job but anyway. So I'm standing there and he taps me on my shoulder and he whispers in my ear. He says, Davey Todd standing right behind me. And my eyes got this big. And I said, Shut the F up, right? Like, you got to be joking me. I turn around, and my fanboy instantly was like, Davey Todd, dude. And he was just like, whoa. Like, uh, the, again, the energy and the excitement. Like, and dude, mm. just a big high five. And and he, he looked at my shirt because I've, I've talked to Davey on uh, WhatsApp and all that. You know, I'm, I'm getting him on a pod. But I was like, dude, it's an honor to finally meet you and blah, blah, blah. And it was just this ball of energy. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I went from, uh, you know, being a fan to like, fanboyish like that real quick you know it was just uh yeah man it was it was uh it was crazy to, to say the least man I it actually that. yeah it was awesome um and i was like that with of course everybody i i met right but it's j just watching somebody and and of course I, I again everybody knows bsb's my favorite race organization in the world man not moto gp not asbk not not world superbike it's uh british superbike man it's 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 I'm not saying that their riders are, are faster than our riders. I, I'm not saying that any riders are faster than our riders. Our riders are faster than them. It's, it's, it's the tracks that they have. I love the racetracks. And more importantly to me, it's, it's uh, their super bikes don't have all the electronics. They're not robots. Like all the other bikes in the world, they're just all the high technology. That's what you're riding is a robot, right? You got to push this button, come out the corner, hit this lever and blah, 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 blah. Set tracks control up on this certain corner and take it away from this corner. Three quarters of throttle, anti-willy kicks in this much, yada, 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 right? Dude, where they're old school, they have limited traction, limited anti-willy, limited any of that. So it's down to old school how it used to be. It's on down to the rider in this traction control thing we call a wrist, right? This is this is where it's at I love so that. to me. Yeah, that that's why BSB is the best racing organization in the world. Cause and, and to me, it's it's what what confuses me just a little bit is like uh the super stock bikes, from my understanding, has got more electronics than than, than the super bikes. Is, is that correct? Than the, the stock five bikes? Yes. I I would like to disagree, but I don't know hugely on the tech side. Maybe okay. someone, in the, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's I, I, an interesting one, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not is. sure. Maybe I'll do a bit of research later and come, come back to you on that one. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, man, Max Hall, what's going on, man? Appreciate you uh, joining in. Uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's been an exciting year. I know it's been an uh, exciting year for you too. So uh, uh, again, back away from motorcycles. Let's let's focus on what what, what Jamie does, right? Uh, football, best football team. So, I'm from this city called Leicester, Leicester City, and I'm a Leicester fan. I've been a season ticket holder since I don't know 2014 kind of thing. Um, just 
as they got in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, I love football. It's, it's so different to motorcycle racing, but it gives me something to do on the weekend kind of thing when the bikes aren't on. And, and yeah, I love, I love it. I, me I love too. It, but um, there's, a, there's, one, there's one little thing. One little, so, obviously, Premier League in England is the top tier. Yeah, we've, Leicester got relegated last year. So we're in, the, we're in the championship now, which isn't isn't too good. But hey ho, here we go. It was funny because because of the racing, I hadn't been to a game all season until a few weeks ago, and Leicester won every game up until that point. First game I go to, they lose. Ah, oh, it's not but because of I you. went to another one. No, I went to another one and they won. So I think I'll be allowed back. I think I'll be allowed back, but. <laughs> nice so I'm, I'm a football i mean yeah football fan here in america we got it wrong they call it football it's really handball uh, it, it's really handball I, i'm a football controversial fan. I, I i'm a soccer fan too uh uh so i like uh uh favorite soccer who's your favorite soccer player let, let me ask you that well i've got to choose some for my team really haven't i and obviously jamie vardy is the guy who everyone Everyone speaks about, so I'd love to. I'd love to go with him, but overall, I just sold a guy called James Madison to Spurs. Who are, I love his attitude on on and off the pitch, and he's a super cool player. He's a super cool player. I could go on and on and on. You yeah. know, how long is this podcast going to be? I mean, how, however long you wanted to go, however long you wanted to go, man. I'm game. So yeah, I'm a. So a lot of people here. Uh, I, I do like our American sport. We call football too, right? But I call it handball because it's. Play with your hand, not your feet, right? The real football is, yeah. is soccer. Right? Good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tell everybody that, and all my friends in America look at me like, "Really, soccer?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." Because to me, man, soccer's got the same emotion as motorcycle racers in mm-hmm. racing the sport. Man, you people go, dude, they'll flip cars and shit, shit on fire. Fuck around and find out, right? That, that's what I tell them. That that's how passionate they are. Uh, it's football. It's dude. It's a game of skill, and what they can do with their feet, man, and the soccer balls is just truly amazing. Um, as far mm. as my favorite team go, man, uh, I'd like to say one here in America. If I have to pick my favorite American team, I'd have to say Enter Miami. Um, okay, yeah, I, I do. Not I because, well now. yeah, not because of a mess come over here, man. Because I love the colors, right? And 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 the the pink and the black, dude. I was just that, that, that's because. Because Messi's over there, you know, you're just more, you know, I love but, him a but, bit more. But yeah, absolutely, right? So what Messi did for American football is huge. It, soccer, exactly. excuse me, American fans, soccer, right? Yeah. Right? It's it, it's huge. Um, uh, Messi is is in one of my top favorite players. I also like Neymar Jr. There's something about yeah. Neymar, man. Yeah, a lot of people give me flack over that. Why do you like Neymar and blah, blah, blah? I'm like, know, dude, just... a lot of people, A lot of people don't like him too much, do they? I no, they don't. He he's like the bad boy of the sport, right? Um, exactly. You got you got to have one, but haven't you? You got to have one. But not only that, is he's fucking good, dude. Are you kidding me? It'd be different yeah. if he was just a bad boy and he caused trouble. Wasn't no good. But Neymar Junior's fantastic, right? And so those would be my top two. It would be uh, and Mbappe. I really like Mbappe. I like Mbappe. I like the way. Yeah, I like the way Mbappe carries himself. The way he talks to social media. Um, mm. It just his energy puts off is different than a lot of the other soccer players, if if that makes sense, right? I like him. I like him. Okay, but then I look in Wikipedia and I look, what? How old is he? Twenty? Twenty-one odd? Yeah. And I 
I don't know, I just take a moment to think where well, I could be if I went to football practice when I was younger a bit more, but... <laughs> that, dude, that's what I told my son. I was like, look, dude, you want to grow up and be freaking billionaire? Play soccer and play it well, because you, you'll be 18 years old making a $10 million mm-hmm. contract, you know, like, no problem. Have you, it's, have you heard of Project Mbappe? No. Uh, when It's when these, when, uh, when like, I don't know, when young parents will have kids and stuff, and the, the dad will get him in the, you know, in the garden every day doing keep you up. He's like, this is Project Mbappe, you know, training him hard. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's training with Mbappe. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, so, do you have a favorite American handball team? Handball team. Like, like, like our football, you know, the, the football, I call it handball. So, do, do you have an American I football team? I can't follow it. Bro. No. I can't no. Say I follow it. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, man. Trust me. It's 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 quite a basketball. What about basketball? You watch any basketball? I love playing basketball. You know, I love it when I'm there. When I'm in the arena and all, like how electric it is, and you know, with football it's like with basketball it's like you know it's nuts. Fast um, place. I've always, yeah. I've always loved going to watch watch it in real life but i don't know i've never been really too connected to the american game you know i know some of the some of the icons are in my sport and i and i'm aware of them but on the team on the team front i'm not I'm not really i don't really watch it too much i remember i was a kid at school so obviously we got through, we got to the years when you'd be allowed laptops in your class and stuff and there was, there was this one this one kid who who'd sit next to me he was a good mate of mine he's actually from ghana yeah he's he lived and breathed any kind of sports, but he'd be there in the back of like a class, an English class, a geography class, watching NBA highlights, just all lesson. And that, that's all the NBA I saw. That's all the NBA I saw for a week. Right. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this Android or Apple? Oh, well, it's nice because it's only me and you. There's not like a few of my fr- friends where they can kick it off, but I'm an Apple guy. I don't know. It's always been. Apple have always been feeding me nonsense and, you know, making money out of me. I know I know, it can get controversial. I know they're not the best. I know they don't care, but I don't know. I'm an Apple guy, and I'm going to stay that way for a little while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah, 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 me too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, Apple, yeah, yeah. I got I got a lot of, a lot of Apple. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Tell me your favorite song. My favorite song. Yes. My favorite song. Should you go on Spotify right now? Yeah. It's on Spotify right now. Well, I don't know. My favorite songs. We're gonna have to have a little thing, aren't we? Yeah. Growing up, growing up, I wasn't a big music guy, you know. I wasn't a big music guy. I just I did like a lot of sport in the sense I did a lot of running, a little cycling growing up. So I'd have to rely a bit. I got to the age where I had to rely a bit on on old music to carry me for a few runs and that. Um, favorite, you go first. You go first, actually. My favorite song, I'd say. Oh man, that's that's uh, Jamie. That's a tough question, ain't it? Uh, man, off the top of my head. My my, uh, I'd have to go with. Uh, let's just go. I'm gonna go Bob Molly One Love because it's a great song. 
it's nothing but good vibes, one love for everybody in the whole world, and it's the type of song you just listen to any time of the day, right? You just put it on, you just yeah. you can cook, you can clean, you can take a ride in the car, be on a boat, whatever it is, and just uh, mm. yeah, one love, Bob Marley. There it is. My dad always loved putting a bit of Bob Marley on a bit of reggae music. Yeah. Oh, that's classic, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's classic. classic. It really is. All right, well, we'll come back to the song. Most underrated writer in oh, go ahead. You know my song for okay. So I literally just went on my playlist, on my vibes playlist. This is just like these are the bangers, okay? Just when you're like, you know, your life's a bit crazy, you know. Um, but is it? I don't know. I find it a bit of a cringy one sometimes because it's always played at like parties or whatever. You know, Mr. Brightside by the Kingers, the yeah. Killers. Yeah. So this was a cool song. I've always thought like. You know, and then when I was in New Zealand, over in New Zealand this year, I stayed, I was living at my, my friend's house who, who's from there. And they said, oh, we're going to a gig tonight, like a concert. Do you want to, do you want to come? You know, is, is this band, this group playing? And I said, oh, okay, okay. Who's playing? And I said, The Killers. And I remember when we were walking back to the house, I was just going nuts, honestly. And listening to that song in real life was just, crazy i think that's that's one of my favorite songs and it holds like i don't know special memories behind it. i can remember actually being there in person good so uh i've only been to two concerts my whole life that's it <laughs> i need to go i'm not a big concert guy everyone loves a festival over here in the uk i've not i've not really been yeah. to a festival yeah, i don't no. really I don't really want to go looking at the, the conditions of some of them. It's just a, a mud bath by the end of a weekend, but right. But that's part of the fun, man. Right. All right. Let, let, uh, let me ask you this PlayStation or Xbox. Boom. There it is. You got to see it first. Yes, sir. I, I got the same, same one, same color, man. We'll have to do what we'll have to get on there and, and, and play together sometime for sure. So, I don't can have, I be I, honest, though? Can yeah. I be honest? Yeah. A few days ago, I was thinking of selling it. Uh, here, here, here in a little bit, Bubba. <laughs> I was thinking of selling my Xbox. And I searched online for it. I was like, oh, yeah, a few hundred quid. And when I found out, they go for nothing. So I nothing. thought, let's just keep it back. Keep it. Let's keep it back. But you know the problem with the games? I, I love sports games. You know, everyone loves these, I don't know. GTA and all that stuff, but I've always loved sports games. But do you know the problem about what you have to buy it every year? FIFA 21, FIFA 22, FIFA 23, MotoGP every year. And with the MotoGP game, especially, can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, change that much. I know you're paying like 50 pounds, 50 great British pounds for you know a new game and. It's the same game. It is. You know, Marcus might be on a Ducati next year. It's the same game. But uh, a lot of people don't realize you can take your two-year-old game, three-year-old game, and create Marquez on a Grissini Ducati if you want to when you create your own bike, right? And there you go. Now you got the brand-new exactly. 2025 edition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll save a bit of money. Yeah, save you a bit of money, right? And go it, it, it go to, have, to, to a few pints for sure, right? Hey, that's okay when it's in – Motorcycle racing and MotoGP game, but in FIFA, I'm sure they've got a couple thousand players on the database. So I got that might not go too well. Yeah. Yeah, 
I, I got FIFA. It's 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 a lot of fun. I play it, man. It's uh, it's you're an ultimate team guy. Uh, man, I get on like like I said. I, well, I was getting ready to say, man, I really don't have a lot of time to play, man. Uh, like I used to used to, especially with you know working full time. A lot of people don't understand how much time this podcasting thing takes up, right? As far as the social media, reaching out to the guests, setting up the video chats to the guests, um, you know, just. It, lining it up with jewels and just everything else that, that goes along with it. It takes up a lot of my time and I'm lucky that I have a huge support system behind me, like my wife and, you know, my parents and my boss and, and all that good stuff. So I don't, when I do get a chance to play, man, it's literally for like an hour, maybe mm. an hour and a half. And uh, it's, but yeah, when I do play, I, I, that's why I don't play the soccer so much, man, because it takes so long to play it. Right. And then mm. you know, unless you make it like a 10 minute match and then it's just Especially- so fast. On most GP games, every year I've got really into the career mode, and then I don't know. You broke up there for a second, buddy. Are we back? Yeah, we are, we're back now. Yeah, yeah. So I got to a point where I was doing a qualifying session, maybe a practice session, you know, a really long race. And then... And then oh, no. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I finally, I, I can hear you now. I lost you there for a second. Like your screen's actually frozen. Let me see. Say something. Can you hear me, Jamie? We're having a little technical issues right this second. Hang on. Let me see. Trying to help. I can't hear you at all, Jamie. I can't hear you or see you. Let me see. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Jamie, just log back in. Um. Yes, Kevin Robinson, Jamie, Jamie Hollins, B two minutes. Yes, sir. Yeah, we were sorry, guys. We had a little technical di- difficulties with the with the Taco Bell Wi Fi I- I- internet, uh, like my man Juju. But while we're waiting on Jamie, I just want to give everybody a a big shout out. The guy from KYT that they gave me the free hat. I I, I forget your name, buddy. I, I apologize. Mark Sherman and all the CFE guys, man. All the kids that I've had on the podcast that I met. Uh, you guys see Eli Block's uh, leather suit. He gave it to me, signed me. I got a bunch of stuff signed and, and stuff that I need to actually hang up. I'm, I'm going to start uh, this weekend, take down my wall, and uh, start posting all, all you guys' stuff that, that gave me everything. Big shout-out to to everyone. Um, it's been it's been nothing but magical. Here we go, Jamie. There we are. I'm sorry. No, it's you're good, not, bro. It's not looking too good, hey. Uh, you're good. So back to – 
what you were saying about the Superbike game, I think, or the MotoGP game. Where were we? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm, just, I'm just addicted. I just went through phases of, you know, um, being addicted to the MotoGP games. But the worst bit was, yeah, the worst bit was, I thought I was pretty good at these games, you know. Growing up, I spent a few hours each week on the games. And then I made friends in the paddock. And they'd jump into a race with me. And they'd, you know, the change of the settings on the bike, you know, mess with the gearing and stuff. And they'd be off within a lap or something. And from that point, you know, I've not not done any online races, just put it that way. I'll stick to my old my my uh offline my- mode where I can just change and put it on easy easy mode. mode. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Made me feel good about life, you know. After a long day's work, you you wanna, you know, be good at a game, get feel about good vibes again. Yeah, so I, I did that. I was like, you know what? I've been playing this game a long time. I can smoke all my friends. I, I'm, I'm a badass. I go online. I hurt my feelings. I was like, you know what? Back out. Leave. <laughs> go, yeah. go back and go win a race, right? Woo, I'm bad. I'm that's fast. That's it's, 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 it's what it's about. It's exactly what it's about, right? So most underrated motorcycle racer. Oh, what? You can't say that. Uh, not in BSB. We'll, we'll go Moto, no Moto GP. Moto GP. Most underrated rider in Moto GP. Oh damn! Jimmy's like five minutes me. later. You know, Moto. You know who I love in Moto Three, Marrera. Yeah. Diego and that Marrera. might be because I had a good chat with him a few years ago. I don't know, he was a super nice kid. But I think he's got, got a bit of talent and he's, he's a young lad. He's a real real good lad. But I don't know, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many, I don't know, looking at MotoGP especially, there's so much talent in that class kind of thing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. The guys from the top, I mean, you look at the bottom, look at Fernandez on the gas gas in his first year. He looks incredible. I think he looks incredible anyway. Um, Me too. There's so many underrated guys. Yeah. Okay. What um, favorite Moto3 racer? D- Diego, right? They know what you just said? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a British guy called Scott Ogden. He's pretty fast. And well, I reckon Scott he's going yes. to be up there in the next few years. But I don't know. I love Moto3. That's my favorite race of the day, honestly. Fast. Yeah. I love that more than MotoGP. It's, Me too. It's so exciting. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like to maybe be involved in a team mate in the sense that my heart rate would be going up a scale during a race. But apart from that, I'm a neutral at the end of the day at the moment. So, Me too. It's pretty, pretty good racing. I get asked the question all the time, who's my favorite? Because uh, everybody knows I'm really good friends with all the Junior Cup guys, right? They're like, well, who's your favorite? Racer and Junior Cup, and dude, they're all my favorites. I can't just pick one because I love all them guys, man, and I support every single one. Even if they have the worst race of their life, I'm still a huge supporter, and I'm still like, dude, you did a proper job this weekend. You know, I'm proud of you. You put on all the effort to it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though their expectation going in was far better than, than the end result, but that's just part of the game we play, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. I. Uh, but uh, shoot, man, I, I, I'd say my favorite racer, obviously, everybody knows, was Nikki Hayden, Valentino Rossi, and Marco Simicelli. Um, but since you know they're not around no more, 
I'm such a fan of the sport. It's hard for me to have a favorite MotoGP rider. But if I was going to say I have a favorite MotoGP rider, man, this is difficult. I would have to say it's either Marco Bezzecchi. I like Brad Bender, um, too, as well. And, of course, Jack Miller, right, because of his flamboyant style. But my my favorite rider right now in the categories of MotoGP as a whole, Moto3, Moto2, and MotoGP, I'd have to say is my man Pedro Acosta, which we, baby Jeebus, mm -hmm. dude, for sure, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That, uh, so uh, favorite uh, BSB rider. Favorite BSB rider yeah. in the BSB class. Yes. In the BSB. Let's just say BSB class for now. BSB I class. I could be here for hours. I know. In me too, BSB. Jamie. Yeah, me I too, bro. Yeah, I'm a BSB class was a few, was a few good guys. Uh, I think it's been cool this year to work with Leon Haslam. He is a super cool guy, and damn, is he fast on a motorbike? It's ridiculous. Yes, he is. But I love. I've also been helping out Storm Stacy a bit in Danny Buckham this year, and those two guys honestly are some of the nicest guys in my paddock. It's amazing, you know. So with some people, you see them on social media, and you think they're, I don't know. You think they're amazing, lovely guys, but it doesn't matter where you are. They'll always have time for you. They always want to talk to you, and they're always, you know, happy to spend time, kind of thing. Um, so they're they're my three out of oh, and Davy. I've got to say Davy. Um, they're my four out of twenty favorite riders in BSB. So. I would have to say we're just talking about the super bike class, man. It, it, it's a tough one. Um, man, dude, it, honestly, dude, uh, dude, storm Stacy, Lord mm. storm Stacy, big shout out, man. What is it? Bro. What a mega person. Like when me and him met, bro, again, you know, I was like, dude, I'm a huge fan. I'm from America and all this dude. He's like, dude, and we just laughed and giggling. His girlfriend was just smiling the whole time and laughing and giggling the energy. And every time he see me, I would be like storm and he would point right at me and be like, bro, dude, you know, and we just, we just had, and then when I was on the grid, the announcer had just got done saying, um, you know, talking about storm Stacy, here I come, come right on the corner, storm Stacy and storm Stacy, let's go. And he points at me, gives me a big old high five. And it was just like a surreal moment. Right. So I, I'd say him, of course, uh, Davey Todd too, as well. And, and big shout out to my man, Peter Hickman. I'm gonna yeah, have definitely. to throw, yeah. I'm gonna have to throw Peter up in there too. Um, he's a good lad. He's you know what, uh, you know, on Storm Stacy, what I love about him is he's been around for a few years, you know, my paddock, but you have to appreciate for start how young he is and how how actually intelligent he is. The way he he markets is himself is is incredible with his top hats and stuff, and I absolutely yeah. love how I don't know how he's got his brain in a few different ideas themes businesses right. kind of thing he just he just wants to supply content kind of thing for the fans and put smiles on people's faces at the end of the day he's a good lad that's that's what will make more people of a fan of his too is is that not just the racer but that mm -hmm. which uh yeah big shout out to him because he, he's actually coming on the podcast i didn't want to say it, but he is man. oh yeah 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 I, I i got several of them guys coming on but Dude, as soon as I asked him, he was immediately like, yeah, absolutely, for sure, you know? And then on his Instagram post, I'm always like, you know, mega job this weekend, and I just post a comment, and he's always you – know, he reaches out to him. He's like, yeah, dude, absolutely, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just uh, simply amazing. So uh, 
I met Peter Hitman, right? Obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of Peter Hitman, man. 136 mile an hour to TT. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I mean, that's mind blowing, right? That's next on my bucket list to go to. But um, so I'll join you. I'll join yeah. you next year. Yeah, we'll both go. Yeah, absolutely. So, dude, so I, I show up in Europe. I leave Monday, show up on Tuesday. Wednesday, I wake up in the morning. And I was like, you know what? I Googled it. I already knew that Peter Hickman's place in HRC was close to my hotel at, at, at Kinnick. And uh, right there in Louth, I think they were like nine minutes and 11 minutes away. It wasn't that far at all. So I called HRC because I knew uh, they had, you know, the McGinnis and all these TT legend bikes and all this. I just wanted to just get like a hat or a sweatshirt or a T-shirt and just take some pictures. Right. So I call them, rang them up. was like, hey, I'm Simcoe from America. Just got here. Would love to come out, you know, and come in. They're like, if you don't have business with us, you can't come in when I open to the public. And I was like, okay. No worries, right? I didn't want to go out there and take pictures through a big glass. I want to physically be in there, right? Because that's going to be kind of a shitty picture. When you got the glares and all that, you got to deal with, right? So I immediately call up Peter Hickman, and I'm like, yeah, I'm Simcoe from America. It'd be an honor to come down there. Big fan, blah, blah. And the dude's like, yeah, absolutely. Bro, as I pull up in, in, in the uh, in the, in the, in the hire car, dude, the dude comes out. And he's like, oh, you must be Simcoe from America. I was like, hey, bro, what an honor it is to meet you and all this. Dude, he's smiling. He didn't tell me Peter hit me was standing right inside. So I come out. I turn to cut the corner. And guess who's standing right there? Peter Hickman. And I'm like, my mind was just blown. It was, uh, yeah, such a cool lad. I actually got a picture of him actually doing work, right? He, he even laughed about that. Um he, and then he invited me to the bike night that night and uh, went over there, hung out, met his dad, which was super mega. Every time I seen Peter's dad throughout the whole weekend, he comes straight up to me and give me a high five and start talking, which again, blew my mind. And then, you know, I, I got the, I got the balls to ask Peter, you know, to come on the podcast. And he said, absolutely. Which again, blew my mind. Right. So it's uh man, all them guys out there. I tell everybody, Jamie, I know we're going back to BSB, but I tell everybody, look, it's, it's, uh, it's just like here in Moto America. You can walk up to, to the guys and talk to them and they're, they're all super nice and uh, autographs and, and pictures and, and all that good stuff. So in the junior cup class that, that, that you guys have out there, um, Who's your favorite out of that class? Are you there? Uh-oh, I think we lost them again. Oh, no. Jamie, can you hear me? Oh, we're having technical difficulties again. Give us a second. Let me try to... Uh... But as we're trying to work this out, everybody, again, uh, New Jersey was awesome. Man, uh, big shout out to, man, uh, Eli Block, Isaac Warworth, Levy Batty, Robert Lackey and all of them. Um, uh, dude, Andrew Way and his parents, dude, uh, Eli's dad, uh, my man, Rossi Moore and Steve. Uh, man, I, I can go on and on and on. Everybody uh, – Jackson Blackman, uh, Avery Dreyer, right? The lap slayer. Uh, congrats to all those guys. What a season. What an honor it was to, to show up there and meet everybody. Me and Jules are actually going to get together and do a, a recap of, of New Jersey. And uh, I'm going to make a big shout-out list to everybody um, and, and, yeah, properly shout everybody out. Um, all right, let's see. Let's bring them back in again. Jamie, what is up? Apologies, apologies. No, dude, you're good. You're good. You all you did was create more editing for me to do, but that's okay, man. It's, it's not a problem. <laughs> oh man, did 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 I lose you again? All right, there we go. 
Can you uh, see me? Yes, I can. I'm gonna go on my phone now. Okay. That will be better. We will yeah. see. All right. Let's see. Let's let's turn it this way. Are we upside down now. We're probably upside down. Let's. Uh, you, you're sideways. I don't, I don't know if I can flip you though. Hang on. No, I can't flip you. Why can't I flip him? Uh oh, I think I lost him again. No, are you there? All I'm right. here, but I did a hollow fall. All right, all right. So listen, this is what we'll do. We'll do a part two of this. We're gonna have Jamie Hollins back on again. So as long as we have him on, Jamie, what an honor it was to meet you and to have you on this podcast. And I'm so looking forward to have you back on again. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get in touch with each other uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and, and plug yourself in. But but before I lose you again, plug yourself in. Tell everybody how they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. And that's been awesome. Thank you very much. Hopefully. Hopefully next time we jump on, uh, I've I've been able to make a bit more money, can afford to get a bit better Wi-Fi, but nah, thank you. Uh, so if you just search up Jamie Hollis on whatever platform or anything, I think I'll come up on a majority. Uh, I'm also named in the Jamie Hollis Media, I mean, Instagram side. That's where a lot of my portfolio is held on the Instagram, but Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Jamie Hollis, Jamie H O L L I S, and that will that will get to me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, dude, what an honor it was to have you back on. We'll, we'll, let's try to plan it maybe in in, in January. I know you're mm. busy trying to plan out out your year. We can do it in January if you want to. We can Definitely. do a whole season recap of BSB, and I'll do it of Moto America, and we'll we'll sit down and chat and talk about you know your plans for for. 2024 coming up and uh yeah i would like to get you you and jake marsh uh linked up together so i'll, I'll just send you his info and uh Definitely. yeah see, see if we can make that happen but listen what an honor i keep saying it jamie because it's still surreal to me you know having the legend himself jamie hollis on right and i say that man because yeah. i mean it man um and, I, and i'm proud of what you're doing what you're doing for the sport is is super mega and everybody knows i, I use that word, word a lot but uh yeah Thanks for joining us. And everybody, you already know where you can find us at. We're on all social media, Spotify, you know, all that good stuff that that goes along uh, with it. So you can find us just everywhere, every social media platform, pin the gas. That's where we'll be. Uh, until next time, I appreciate everybody that watched and tuned in. Thank you guys so much. Jamie, just give me a second. I'm going to end the video. J just, just stay on for a second. And, uh, yeah. Thanks so much to everybody. I appreciate it. Until next Tuesday where our other special guest comes on. I'm not going to give it away. You just have to go to the social media and find out. Um, but, yeah, thanks, you guys, for tuning in. And uh, this will be out on Spotify and our heart and all that good stuff tomorrow. So I hope everybody has, has a mega day the rest of your day. And I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we enjoy doing this. And, again, big special thanks to Jamie Hollis. You guys go check him out, follow him, like and subscribe, and, yeah, help promote him because he is, he is a superstar in the making for sure. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, I'm Christian Show Simcoe, my man Jamie Hollis. Northeast Jules is at work, so everybody say, see ya.